Acts chapter 12, verse 25, Passion Version. Acts chapter 13, verse 13. Acts chapter 15, verse 36 to 40. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. And first Peter chapter 5 verse 13 for those of you who are taking notes Acts chapter Acts chapter 12 verse 25 reading from the version from the passion version after Barnabas and Saul had delivered the charitable offering for relief they left Jerusalem bringing with them a disciple named Mark was also known as John. Uh, this occurred just so you can understand the context of this, which I really think is going to bless you. This scripture occurred 15 years after Jesus rose from the grave. Okay, 15 years after Jesus rose. Acts chapter 13, 13, one year later, in other words, one year after chapter 12 from Paphos, Paul and company put out to sea, sailing to Perga in Pamphylia. That's where John called it quits. That's where Mark quit. He abandoned them. And he went back to Jerusalem, his city, where he was living. He left them. He left Paul and Barnabas in the company. From Perga, the rest of them traveled on to Antioch in Pisidia. That's the message Bible. Acts chapter 15, verse 36. So between Acts 13 and Acts 15, five years go by. Okay? Five years. So it's not just you're reading one chapter. Five years go by. So it starts out after some days, but we're talking about five years. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, hey, let's travel to the regions where we preach the word of God and see how the believers are getting along. 37, Barnabas wished to take Mark, also known as John, John Mark, along with him. But Paul disagreed. He didn't think it was proper to take the one who had deserted them in South Central Turkey, leaving them to do their missionary work without him. He abandoned them. No, don't take him. Verse 39, 
it became a heated argument between them. A disagreement so sharp that they parted from each other. This this disagreement in the Greek, it, it really means an angry dispute that kept getting worse. This wasn't, well, you know, well, let's pray and oh, I disagree. This, this, this was, this was heated. This was raised voice. This is, have you ever been in a situation where the voices are being raised and everybody else is just saying, uh-oh, can I, can I get out of here? It was one of those. It got so heated, so sharp, that they departed. They parted from each other. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas as his partner after the believers prayed for them, them being Paul and Silas, asking the Lord's favor on their lives and they left. So here you have, you have Barnabas, who's the only reason why Paul even has a ministry. You have Barnabas, who was Paul's mentor. And Paul said, he's so angry. Second Timothy chapter four verse eleven. Paul is writing to his son in the gospel, Timothy. And he says to Dr. Luke, the writer of the gospel of Luke, only Luke is with me. Bring Mark. Bring the guy who deserted us. Who deserted me? Bring bring the guy who bailed out on me. Bring the guy who I marked as a failure and say you'll never get it together. Bring that guy. Bring the guy who I said is a waste of time. Bring Mark with you when you come for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. When does Paul say this? Paul says this 20 years later. 20 years after Mark bailed out. 20 years after Mark was considered a failure. Paul says, bring him with you, Timothy, because I need him. The title of my sermon is at Oakland, Guam. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 13 the church in exile is here with me, me being Peter but not for a moment has this church in exile been forgotten by God this church wants to be remembered to you Mark who is like a son to me this is Peter says hello also subject. Failure is not fatal. Failure is not fatal. I found it fascinating and striking that the first gospel in the New Testament 
written about the most perfect person, Jesus Christ, was put together by two failures. Two losers. Peter, Mark chapter 14, verse 72. No, all these jokers, all these bums, all these clowns, that's what he really meant. They may, they may desert you, but not me. And Jesus says, before the alarm clock goes off a few hours later, the rooster, for those of you who were raised in a more rural area, before the rooster crows three times, you will, def you will deny me. And of course, he denied Jesus three times, and then the rooster crowed, and Peter wept bitterly. How, how, how could I, the guy who took out a switchblade and cut off something, a guy's ear, to defend Jesus, how, how could I how, have I, how could I have denied him not once, not twice, but three times, and you know, three strikes you're out. And then, of course, Mark here, we read about, he also flamed out, failed, messed up, deserted. But somehow between Acts chapter 15, verse 36, when Paul didn't even want Mark, and First Peter chapter 5, verse 13, where Peter calls Mark a son. Watch this. Between the time that Mark failed and between the time that Mark failed and, watch this, and Paul says to Timothy, bring Mark. That's 20 years, right? Between that time Mark writes the gospel of Mark. It is between that time, around year 18, where he is with Peter, and Peter shares with Mark the eyewitness experiences that he had with Jesus. He's so when you look at the book of Mark, really, you'll find that Matthew and Luke use Mark as their resource when they wrote their Gospels. It may be confusing, why does he have a name John and why does he have a name Mark? John was actually his Jewish name. And Mark was his Roman name or his Latin name. Because like most Jews during those days, they, they're, they're living in two worlds. Are you following me so far? On Wednesday, uh, last Wednesday, Michelle Obama was here in Boston. And she said these words in a speech in Boston. She said, life teaches you great. Life gives you the ability when you encounter obstacles. That's why I always tell young people, don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of those obstacles. Those are the things that make you stronger. They make you better.
they make you better. The word failure is a, is a word that we don't like to hear. Etymology of the word failure is to be unsuccessful in accomplishing a purpose. Of course, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, God says, I know the plans and the purpose I have for you. But fail is to be unsuccessful in accomplishing your purpose. The word fail is an old French word, and it means to be lacking, to miss it, to not succeed, to make a mistake, to let people and even yourself down, to disappoint. Our word failure comes from the Latin word falleri, from which we get our English word fall. It means to fall. It means to fail to live up to expectations. Fail means to waste time. Mm. The word fatal means deadly. It means destructive. But I got good news for you. God has called you to succeed. Tell the person next to you, God has called you to succeed. And, 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 and see, seeing that it's on the screen, the word obstruct comes from two Latin words, obstruo. So obstruct means to build in front of, ob means in front of. So that's why you have obstructive view because something is built in front of you. Construct means to build together. And that's why we call it construction. We're building something together. Uh, instruct means to build on the inside. So when I'm instructing you, I'm teaching you, I'm trying to build something, a lesson to you on the inside. Reconstruct means to build together again. Destruct means to build, D-E, so ascend means to climb up, descend means to climb down, destruct means to build down, in other words, tear apart. Fatal means it's been torn apart. It's been ripped to shreds, it's been destroyed so that it can never be reconstructed. That's fatal. It's end, there's no resurrection. And too often when we fail, we think that it's the end of the dream. It's the end of life. It's, it's I'm done. I'm finished. It's over. But failure is not fatal. And that's why we're trying to create a culture of blessing. Because people need to know that when they come in here with broken lives, it's not fatal. In fact, when they come in here with broken lives, it's not the end. It's the beginning. But if you're going to succeed, if you're going to succeed, you need what I call, God needs to give you a gem. Ah, a gem. In other words, the, the, to succeed, there are three kinds of people that God puts in our lives in order to succeed. And I call them gems. The G, the first type of person that God puts into your life is G, a goader. G-O-A-D-E-R, a goader. The second person that God puts into your life is an encourager. And the third person that God puts in your life, M, is a mentor. Oh, you have some gems in your life. 
who God has put into your life to help you to succeed. You need a goader. You need an encourager. And you need a mentor. <laughs> uh, the word gold, actually, it's a verb that means to motivate. It means to make move. It means to pressure. It means to irritate. It means to push. That's what, that's what the verb gold means. Could you come up here for a minute? And could you read? What does this word say here? Brown stick. Round stick egg. Okay, so it says round stick. Round stick. A, come up here. A, as I said, although the word gold verb means to pressure and to irritate, the noun gold means stick. And so what happens is that to gold really looks like this. You have a stick. And it becomes it becomes irritating. It becomes pushing. It becomes annoying. And some of you she could stay there but if she stays there, it's going to just become more irritating. Mm. And so for some of you, you won't move until God puts somebody in your life who will just irritate you. Push you. Goad you. And you know what? Watch this. Watch this. You saw her face. You laugh, but that's some of you. Why you keep pushing me? Get off of me. And God has put people in your life so you can get your life. Some of you are too comfortable. So God puts a goader in your life. Mm. Some of y'all may be married to a goader, but I'm just looking at the clock. Paul was a goader. You're a failure. Some of you, you know who the goader is in your life. It's the person who said you could never, you'll never be anything. Sometimes, gold, many times, goading is, the goading of the Lord is reflected in a loss. You lost a job, now you have to do something because you were too comfortable where you were. He didn't lose his job, but I'm just giving you five. Your, your landlord raised the rent because you're too comfortable there and God wanted to gold you into buying a house. You, you kept getting passed over for a promotion and it got you so angry because God wanted to gold you to go back to school so that you can get the job that he really has for you. Are any people who've been goaded into a new place in the Lord? Raise your hand. 
Some of you just have somebody who just irritate you. Why don't you do such that? Why don't you do something? And finally, just to get them off your back, you do it because really you you wouldn't have moved without it. Mm. I'm going to use, if you don't mind me using you, Elder Roy, for a moment because many of you know he's on this, you know, uh, this new way of living. And uh, my goodness, he's before he keeps us up, he'll be weighing the same weight he was when he was in grammar school. Um, but but. No, but and I think he shared this with a number of people. His goal was his doctor. Because every time he came in for a physical, he didn't have a nice doctor. And, and am I right? And he's like, and every time he said, you know, I'm tired of hearing him. Because his doctor was like, look, I want you to live. So I'm not going to be, you know, It'll be all right. No, his doctor was like, look at you. Like, like Scarface, look at you. <laughs> look what you did to yourself. <laughs> Don't watch it, kids. Don't watch it. <laughs> but we also need an encourager. Because if, you, if all you have is a goader in your life, you will resent life. If all you have is a goader in your life, sooner or later you're going to turn around and say, pow! (laughs) So you need an encourager. You need a Barnabas. That's what Barnabas' name means. His name means son of encouragement. You need an encourager. Mark had a goader, Paul. He had an encourager, Barnabas. And we also need a mentor. Someone to show us the way. Someone to show us the possibilities. Someone to show us, yes, we fall down, but we get up. Someone who understands what the proverb says, I think it's Proverbs, that the righteous man falls seven times. That means he at least got up six. And so what in life, watch this, come at this, sweetheart. Okay. And uh, Sister Aldenita. Could you come here? And Sister Kia, could you stand in front of Okay. Uh, Dr. Q. Okay. So let's suppose that this young girl wants to be a professor. So she has a mentor in front of her who is saying, this is, this is the way to go. She has an encourager. Doesn't Alanita have that kind of voice that makes you say, tell me another bedtime story, mommy. (laughs) 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 Mommy, any milk and cookies. And you need that. You need that. And then you have, so you need all three. You need a goater. Okay? Because watch this. With, 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 watch this. Without the goater, she, she's just going to be living the kumbaya hour. Give me another hug. Affirm me. But, but, but going nowhere. In the meantime, the vision is moving. But she's like, can you tell me another bedtime story, mommy? Okay. So, so we, you, that's why you need to go to her. To say, come on, we need to get moving. Okay, stop right there. Okay. Now, if the encourage is not there, 
and all she has is the goader and the mentor, it's going to be frustrating. Because there's some times when you feel like quitting and you're just being poked and you're looking up front and you're like, you know, I can't take it anymore. Are you with me? And then if you have the goader and you have the encourager, but you don't have the mentor, then yeah, you're, you're being goaded, you're being encouraged, but you're like, what am I doing this for? <laughs> Thank you, maybe see it. Well, what is this all about? Where, where are we heading? <laughs> I mean, we're making progress, but are we going in the right direction? I'm feeling encouraged. I'm feeling poked, but I don't know where I'm going. And that's why we need all three. Turn to the person next to you and say, my friend, do you have any gems in your life? Do you have people in your life who, who, who will grab you and say, get your life? Do you, do you have people, just sit there, do you have people who will go to say, come on, get up, man. Amen. Amen. How many of you have how many of you have trainers, like physical trainers? Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're not like, oh, you can do. And sometimes like, look, come on, you give another rep. Come on, let's, let's move it. And, and the point is that, that, that you don't have to have three separate people, but you need to have all three. Okay, so one person may be both the mentor and the encourager. One person may be the goader and the mentor. But the point is, is that you need all three so that you will not stay in the position of a fatalistic life. Bitter and angry, frustrated, blaming everybody else when the bottom line is you need to get your life. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Let me close with this. Um, I want you to show you this picture. If it's up there. I've told you many years that our balcony, we were so sure nobody would show up in the balcony of the church that we used it for storage. And that was failure. I mean, God doesn't put pews in a seat in, a ch in his church to look like that. And if you actually saw the other side, back then there was no sound roof. Uh, we, there was a ladder that went into the steeple. And the ladder was on the other side, just leaning against the wall. I don't even know why it's there because nobody ever went into the steeple. <laughs> that was failure. That was failure. And the Lord used my dad by his grace to remodel the church. So now instead of having a wrecked looking failure, we actually had a pretty failure. You know, it was nice pews, but they were empty. They were empty. And so when I when I became pastor and we probably had about 50 people, 60 maybe. Every Sunday, I'm looking 
in the balcony. And I'm seeing failure. And I'm seeing failure. But it, it, it goaded me into doing something that I wasn't just going to sit there and watch the balcony basically say, what you going to do about it? So we started to pray and to pray and to pray. And we call it from the east, from the south. Amen. Amen. You remember Deacon Noah? Why don't you raise your hand? He was our head deacon. Uh, just a few months ago, you didn't catch the uh, historical piece, but uh, we had a picture of you back in the day. Uh, <laughs> but we would pray. We would pray. Because, and, and, and what goaded me was that I got a prophetic word back in the mid-70s that God was going to fill this church to the walls with bulging. And right after that word came, all hell broke loose. I mean, we were small then, but we even got smaller. And that's why Mark chapter 4 says that persecution and trouble is going to come because of the word. Many times you can receive a word from God, you know, Pastor Chandler or Pastor Lorraine or Pastor Catherine or all the prophets are coming. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You even record it. And then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. And you're like, you know, God, forget that. I wish I never even heard that prophecy. Can I get a witness out here? The Lord is going to promote you. I see it. And all of a sudden, you lose your job. I was like, excuse me, Lord, promote me forward. You're going to be wealthy. And all of a sudden, <laughs> your bank account is cleared out. <laughs> and the only thing you have to hold on to is the word. And so we prayed and 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 we were encouraged and we prayed. And 20 years later, the next picture. God began to move and that started happening by his grace. And so my point is as we close out is that this month October is a month that we're going to be celebrating God's ability to take us from failure to success without it being fatal. See, this is not about trying to get you to come to an anniversary. Please understand that. This is about saying to God, you are faithful. Because if you told me back then that we would have two churches, two full churches, I would have said, I would have laughed at you saying, look, I'm just trying to just fill, see this one church fill. But for God to do what he's done, we celebrate this. Now, for some of you may say, well, well, um, how many of you have, how many of you have just started coming to PT, say, within the last year, raise your hand, within the last year, okay, okay, good, okay, good, good. Guess what? 
I got good news for you. Because you're like, well, you know, I came here in 89. What, how many years we're celebrating? How many years we're celebrating? Okay. okay. So, we're cel- so that means you're, you're still part of the celebration. Come on, folks. If you've been married like 10 years and you have three kids and, and, and one comes like it's just born, you, you don't say the one who just born, well, you haven't been around for a while, so we're having Thanksgiving, so why don't you just go over there? <laughs> you don't say, that if, if the kicker speech doesn't say, well, I'm new to the family, so, you know, when I earn my stripes, because I don't remember when mommy and daddy were struggling, so, but when I earn my stripes, that no, you're part of the celebration. You're part of the family. Amen. Those who just, you raise your hand that you just started coming to PT within the last year. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. No, 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 no. This is what I want you to say. You just started coming. Just started coming. Okay. Now, everybody repeat these words after me. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Wait, wait. You just coming started coming this year? How, how, how you who put you up there? <laughs> you you need to be a member for five years before you up there. See, that's how see my point is is that there's no that there's no seniority in this house. I, I said there's no seniority in this house. Okay? There's no well you only what you doing in my seat? You you just you better get get out of my seat. Oh, there's no seniority here. I don't see no reservate. You can sit down. I'm okay. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> Next week I said, how many remember the sermon? It was like, no, the way you treated her, I, ain't, I, don't, I don't remember nothing. <laughs> there's no seniority. You're part of the family. So you need to celebrate.